Hello and welcome back to the Short Stay Virtual Summit. I'm your host, Elaine Watts. Today I have a very special guest who is going to share something which is going to be extremely interesting for these times right now. Deborah Heather joins me from Quality in Tourism. They're a UK-based accreditation provider for the short stay industry. But I'll let Heather introduce herself. Welcome, Heather. How are you doing? Have, I, have you lost me? Or did I call you Heather did. again? Sorry, I didn't hear what I didn't want. No, no, no I problem. just didn't hear what you said. Okay, sorry. no problem. It's all right. It's sorry. I wonder why that is. I've told, you know, before I come on, I go around the house and get all the kids to switch off <laughs> any sort of connection to the internet. <laughs> all right. Let's, we'll it go again. End. Yeah. It, yeah. it looks okay this end. Okay. And I, but let's just do it again. Yeah, let's my, not worry. I've got three green dots. So. <laughs> right. Do you know what I'm going to do as well? I'm going to write Deborah on your name, then I can't possibly okay. mess up and call you Heather at any stage. I'm going to get that out of my head now. <laughs> right, let's go again. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to the Short Stay Virtual Summit. I'm Elaine Watts and my next guest is Deborah Heather. Now, Deborah joins me from Quality and Tourism, the UK-based accreditation provider for the short stay industry. Heather, welcome. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks, Elaine. Yeah, all good. A bit bizarre working from home like this, but you know, it's it's nice while we, we can enjoy it as a change and, and a rest. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it is. It's been a, a very unusual few weeks. So let's start off by could you just let us know a little bit about you and your background and what quality and tourism does. Sure. So uh, me personally, I'm an ex-hotelier. I used to, I ran hotels for just coming over 25 years. Um, ended up down in the southwest of the UK and wanted a little change. So I, I joined Quality and Tourism when we ran the Visit England accreditation schemes, which was back in 2014. Um, we did, we ran them until 2017 and we also ran and still run um, mandatory schemes which are over in Guernsey, the Isle of Man, and we support South Africa and Jersey in their accreditation as well. So in the UK, we do it on a B2B basis. So we work with businesses and operators on an individual basis, because as many of you will know that it's not mandatory in the UK. Interesting stuff. Yeah. And of course, there's been a, a lot of changes quite recently. So things are very new and very different right now. And one of the things, biggest things, I guess, have always, always been very, very aware of is it's cleanliness. And it's always the number one thing that people look for. But now even more so, and there's going to be a, a lot of changes, of course. So how have you seen things evolve and change across the last few weeks and who's really at the forefront of the changes of developing new cleaning protocols to keep us all safe and travel happy? I, I, you will have seen, so many of you will have seen the wider, uh, we, we don't just take care of the short stay market, we take care of the, all segments of accommodation and guest accommodation. So we will visit hotels, we'll visit a bed and breakfast, we'll visit self-catering property. Um, and for those of you that keep an eye on the uh, hotel market, I mean, all of the big boys from Marriott and IHG, Hilton, Accor, Radisson, they've all come out with cleaning protocols. 
a mixture of different things, I think. Um, some of them are doing them in-house. They've had specialist advice, but they're getting their properties to, to uh, operate them themselves. And some of them are employing um, health and safety companies. So there's lots of different approaches. I think uh, the OTAs have done it. You've seen Airbnb come out with what, what should be a cleaning protocol. Um, I th they've got different varying levels of credibility in my view. I, I think there's something that's definitely out there, which I will refer to clean washing. Um, and we've all heard of green washing. This is the equivalent for clean. Um, things, whatever anybody does in terms of upping their ante and, and making sure they are protecting consumers, it has to be credible. It can't just be a tick list of things that need doing because if it is, that's, that's behaving, that unfortunately means that we are trusting everybody to behave like a responsible operator and, and that doesn't work. And it misleads consumers that things are being checked. For a long time, a lot of the OTAs have used, used feedback sites for uh, guests that have stayed and measured the cleanliness levels. Unfortunately, that doesn't work because what proportion of, of guests are actually really aware of proper cleanliness procedures? They'll be aware in a domestic sense, and therefore they're going to complain when there's loads of hairs in that sink. But something has to go wrong for a guest to complain about a cleanliness level. They won't be looking at it from a health and safety point of view, and we have to do that given the current um, circumstance. So all I would say is, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Uh, you absolutely have to be ahead of the game and doing it as thoroughly as possible. Yes, absolutely. And now let's just have a look at what you were, you were already doing within quality and tourism. And this was the safe, clean and legal package. Tell us a bit about that accreditation. Then we'll have a look at the differences once the new protocols have been added. We'll talk about that afterwards. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. So uh, when we split from Visit England, when we weren't running the schemes anymore, uh, we very much felt that this short stay market that had, had come up wasn't recognized in any of the sort of traditional um, star rating schemes or common standards or anything like that. There was no flexibility. And, and my personal view is that the, the lines have been blurred between what a hotel is, for example, or what a bed and breakfast is. It, certainly the short stay market has really pushed the pace with that. And it's great to see because, you know, that as a disruptor, if I think about the whole, the whole side of the business as a disruptor, rightly so. It, it, it's recognized a part of the market that wasn't, wasn't, uh, available to consumers and consumers clearly wanted it um, but yes so we we came up with safe clean and legal three years ago because it felt like a much better uh, message to consumers than going we're a four, four star five star consumers were using customer feedback for that bit but they needed something that gave them some guarantees we did a lot of research so we we, we did a, a lot of um, background work around what regular travellers thought happened within the industry. And whilst the industry is regulated, not everyone follows those regulations. Um, and actually, it's not enforced. So this was where we thought there was a gap, and that's why we came up with Safe, Clean and Legal. So we look at the things that basically risk consumers' life and limb. So, you know, have you got fire safety uh, procedures in place? Have you got uh, gas certificates? Have you got CO detector? They're all part of the mandatory part of our scheme. And we left cleanliness in because it resolved two issues for us. Once it's, uh, one, it stopped the question of fraud. So we actually visit. So we check the property exists which helps that whole uh, fraudulent operators out there. Uh, but two, very much what, that it should be the cornerstone of what a guest should experience. It's the bare minimum standard in our industry and, and we absolutely should uphold it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, de- definitely. I, I, I thank you for laying out exactly what it is. And yes, it does serve a, a multitude there of reasons to go for it. And you're right, we should be looking towards accrediting more and more within the industry. And I kind of think that now there's all of this has hit, we're, we're heading towards that more quickly than we might have been pre-lockdown, pre the COVID uh, outbreak. Yes. So can we look at what the key changes are? Because if, if you had the safe, clean and legal package to start with, an operator came to you and presumably at that stage, you would have shared with them the standard for cleaning that was required. So there must have been a list, a checklist, something that you will have checked. And is it a yearly basis that you check on? It is, yeah. That those yeah, standards are yeah. being met. So presumably this list is now quite a, a bit more extensive. So what? what a little. <laughs> so can you tell us what the key changes in protocols for cleaning are post-COVID? Um, we'll also, we'll delve into it quite deeply, but let's look at the, the key changes first of all. So uh, one of the things we did, we, when we parted ways with Visit England, we, we decided we needed some sort of a moderation body, some sort of a tool that helped us uh, be the best we can and, and, and gave credibility to our um, accreditation, but also people we could ask questions to um, if, if something arose that we weren't quite sure of. So that we did that through what's called a primary authority relationship. So we are the primary authority for tourism with Cornwall Council. And that represents the whole of the UK. It's widely recognised the UK has got good health and safety standards and therefore we feel like it's, it's a good product to go anywhere in the world, Europe, the whole thing. But we've worked with, through our primary authority partnership with Cornwall Council and their environmental health officers on what the cleaning protocol should be in all segments of the industry. Um, some of them, it's still there's still lots of questions, but one of the key things you have to understand is this. If there is an outbreak, it's now a riddle um, reporting issue. So if somebody, if it's traced back to your property that somebody thinks they may have caught uh, uh, C19 at your property, or or as they're leaving, you have to report it as a riddle event, which means you have a level of responsibility. You can be held accountable. We all know, common sense will tell us that it's almost untraceable as to where this disease comes up. What it does mean, and the government's been quite clever with this, they've pushed the onus back on operators to do as much as they possibly can. So there's absolutely no room for negligence. You've got to have taken as many steps as possible. I mean, there are three different levels. The way the accreditation works is it gives you a bunch of guidance notes um, and then a risk assessment for you to fill in around the customer journey and from which you can get your cleaning standards and you can set up protocols about how you should behave. I think. Some of the key bits for me is actually uh, keep the risk of your staff and customers meeting each other at the lowest point you possibly can. I, I, I don't think mid-stay um, cleaning visits need to happen. Some people will insist because of quality. I would say if they do happen, make sure the guest and, and the cleaner don't meet each other um, so that they're not almost we've all been on lockdown with our own families we're not interacting with other families so this is exactly the same process uh ppe equipment is going to be absolutely fundamental for cleaners so the the uh it's thought that the disease can be airborne for about two to three hours so i'd open lots of windows while you're cleaning make sure there's lots of ventilation make sure cleaners are wearing masks and gloves and and aprons 
these are fundamental things and then you have to think about the detail of the cleaning so it, it lives on surfaces or so people think for quite some time depending on the type of surface you're going to have to do uh, first of all use products that will properly clean this and I would always take the there's a sort of green amber red level of could infection be there I would always take the amber level as, as a set caution for your cleaners um, and that means using uh, vi viricidal disinfectant um, basically the right amounts of bleach uh, this is not the time to be green this is not about sustainability this is a time to kill germs um, so make sure they've got the right chemicals and, and the right equipment don't move that equipment between properties so if you have more than one property keep the equipment in one place and then you don't get cross-contamination across different properties um, so these are, I mean, they're common sense things. This is what our accreditation will do. It will make you think about your product and how you should then transcribe it to be as good as it can be in, in the way you operate. Things like TV remotes, absolutely shocking. Uh, key locks, that sort of stuff. You're going to have to um, pay special attention to those. As I say, reduce the face-to-face. -face. Any face-to-face -face you can avoid with information that, that the customer can get beforehand, digitally, or on the phone just reduce that whole risk of, of people mi mixing up with each other. Um, lots of people in the short stay market will have to think about communities. So you might have an apartment in a block with some with other apartments where people live and you have to be really considerate towards both that community if you're bringing guests into it and, and the guest that's arriving. So pre-warning guests about perhaps using gloves if, if it's a shared staircase or shared spaces for lifts, that sort of thing. It's really thinking through that journey and doing as much as you can to minimise the risk um, that, that, you know, that you're exposing people to. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of new angles to think about, isn't there? There's a, there's, it's, it's a complete yeah. shift in, you're not just looking at it for, for the product that's right in front of you and the guest that's going to be coming into the property. You're looking at it from the cleaning perspective, the cleaning team, your own staff members or yourself, if you're considering meeting the guest. And of course, if you can cut all of that out. And as you say, crossing in stairways, shared entrances, it, I mean, there's a whole lot more to think about here. So it's really good that there is a list and somewhere that is just going to be able to help. So it's good to hear that. Now, something I would like to just delve into a little bit deeper is you've obviously been working very closely with the environment agencies and you said in Cornwall, didn't you? So you found a lot of information out about the hard surfaces and versus soft furnishings. One of the questions that some of the Short Stay Virtual Summit Facebook group members asked was, do you know how long the virus can stay on hard surfaces versus soft furnishings? I think the worry is sofas, cushions, bed heads that might be material, anything that's material-based, curtains. How, how are we to handle that? So there's a, there's a few different ways and, and the, the absolute answer to that question is nobody knows. Um, the science hasn't told us yet how long it lives on or potentially lives on soft furnishings. My advice would be to uh, take out as many as you possibly can that might be superfluous. So if, you, if, if guest was needed, just take it out. It, it, it's the best way to do it. Um, I would think about sofas if you can think about... Um, 
they're a bit old-fashioned but maybe maybe the arm covers for for a sofa that sort of thing might help make sure they're washed at the end of each day so have a few replaceable items cushions as i say if you can remove them curtains it's it's very difficult and and actually what you must remember is that um the likelihood is you won't get somebody that's infected in there you might get somebody the amber issue is that you might get somebody that gets a bit ill but if they if they get a bit ill it's unlikely to be covid because otherwise if they get covid they have to stay there so if you have if if a covid is confirmed or suspected covid they will have to stay in your property and self-isolate for a period of time until they can be tested depending on the availability of tests and that sort of stuff so they can't move out so you have to have protocols in place to maybe move somebody that's in uh, later uh, you would definitely, I would definitely recommend a deep clean post a COVID visit so that there are professional companies for that and I would definitely use them. If somebody's had a cold um, and it's not been severe and, the, and I don't know, um, NHS has basically said, no, we think it's not COVID, go home type thing, then you probably need to take an amber approach and use these disinfectants as I uh, mentioned. I would air the property as much as possible. I understand that gives an insurance risk in terms of leaving it empty and airing, but if the cleaners are in, then do that as much as you possibly can. There are things like, um, and it's new to many people, but there is something called a sanitizer bomb. So you, you basically take it into a room and let it off, leave the room for about an hour, and then you go in and you air the room afterwards because it's chemicals, um, and then and then they and basically then you can go in and clean and that that should have cleaned away the vast majority of infection and this works for things like norovirus and, and COVID and, and that sort of stuff um, and actually we just found a supplier that can do them for about 10 pounds so it's not quite the deep clean but it's sort of an intermediary thing that will help support if, if there is a suspected case or, or a higher risk Okay, so those those would be for use after a suspected case when maybe a guest has reported to you that they've had any sort of symptoms. It wouldn't be for between an ordinary change where there's been no symptoms. So changing from one um, guest you, to another, you, or is it something that you should be doing anyway? It, I, I think it could, if you may decide to do it from as, from a, on a cautionary basis, I don't think it's entirely necessary and neither does the environmental health officers. But... They do recognise that if there is a question mark around it, it might be something that you could do. That said, I go back to my earlier point. If, if somebody has COVID or all the symptoms, they have to stay self-isolating in that property. Yeah. So okay. and you know you can organise a deep clean once they've gone. Got it. Okay. Something else which has been talked about in a few Facebook groups is the use of ozone machines. Have you any information on how good they are or what you're saying with the sanitizer bomb is really that is the preference over the ozone machine? Yeah, I, I don't think they have measured the ozone machine effectiveness against the scientists haven't measured it necessarily against um, how effective it is against COVID. And whilst they're a good idea, I mean, steam cleaning's often a good idea if, if you can do that too, if you were thinking about the curtains issues, it's definitely an option and it will definitely get things cleaner. I'm not sure it's entirely necessary. And I think I would always err on the caution if there's been COVID there and get a deep clean because these companies are professionals at it. And, and whilst we're asking you to go a lot further than you would normally, these are specialists and you want them to protect 
they will protect themselves, which I'm not sure you can always do for yourself or your staff necessarily. Got it. Okay. So someone that is looking to make sure that they, their property is safe, clean and legal and wants to work with you, how do they go about that? And what is it, how do you help them make sure that they're doing it right? Because it's, it's not the, there's a tick the box, Deborah's come around and said, no, that's it, you failed. <laughs> it's different to that, isn't it? So tell us a little bit about the process. It's, it's more of a, a partnership. It is. It's more like a, a mini consultation. Um, what we do is we use our years of experience and all the advice we've been given from environmental health. I mean, our, our assessors are, are fully trained as well, so they, they'll know uh, what you should do. Um, what, what we do is you basically apply online or contact us online um, and we give you uh, the application form, we take your details, that sort of stuff. Uh, you sign up to the accreditation and then we send you guidance notes for your segment. So while self-catering might be quite similar to service departments, the service departments might be quite similar to the short-term rental market, each one has its own nuances. So we've written separate guidelines that cover each one and then try to cover off um, uh, individual bits of it. So, so as I said, the, the shared entrances is probably slightly different to say a self-catering in the middle of Cornwall that's just a standalone house or whatever. So, so we've nuanced them around the industry uh, with your guidance notes, you'll get a checklist and then you get a, a risk assessment, which is basically for you to work through around your individual property and for you to work through all of those points that you need to consider to mitigate any risk. So it's on one side, it's got everything you might do from arrival. And then the, on the other side, we give you a list of key points that you need to consider. And the whole point of this is mitigating risk. I think people are looking to the government for absolute answers and we're not going to get them. They're not going to come out with um, definitive things we should and shouldn't do, do. The whole point of the riddle scheme is about doing as much as you can, as best as you can, to just navigate around and mitigate against any negligence claims. So, so the whole point with a risk assessment is that it proves that you've considered all of those bits and pieces, and then you just translate that into a cleaning regime, and, and then you go. So you upload the uh, risk assessment up to us. Our assessors will do a desktop review. They may give you a call if they've got a query or if you're not feeling confident that you've mitigated something, they may come back to you and ask you uh, and, and help you through that point. Um, but then we just make an appointment to come and have a view and check that it is properly scientifically clean, um, not just domestic clean, so, so that you're good to go. And all we ask you to do after that is just to keep on with that cleaning regime to make sure it's as good as it can be for each guest. Okay, and how does that test work when, when you are able to visit? How are you able to differentiate between a domestic clean and a safe clean and legal clean? I mean, there's obviously detail that we look at in terms of um, the areas people normally miss or that sort of stuff. But we are using swabbing machines as well to check that, that things are properly disinfected, um, you know, and suitable um, for, for the next guest. Brilliant. OK, so it really gives feedback straight away to you as if your protocols are going to be robust enough moving forwards and that's what it's about it's not about no you've done it wrong it's about this is how you can improve and this is how you can exactly do better that. moving forwards yeah 
you're, you're signing up to a critical friend supporting you from moving from A to B, I guess, is, is, is kind of the nicest way to look at it. Yeah, and I think that's, that's really good to know because that, that is something that uh, definitely sort of left over from the past. Somebody with a clipboard could be the, the thing that people are conjuring up in their minds, coming around going, no, 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 looking down their nose. And that's really not the case. It's, it's we're all working together. We're all part of the same industry. We all want the best for for everybody that's involved in the industry. Yeah, and I think even by, by signing up, you're showing, showing a commitment to do it. I mean, there are other online accreditations and some that I know that are coming that are literally digital translations. And I go back to my original point about the OTAs and some of the big groups. Actually, if you don't, if they're not checked, I, I you know, people could just literally tick a box and, and not carry it out. And that's not going to help any of us in terms of consumer confidence. No, not at all. Well, let's, let's just have a think about how important you think it will be working with a standard body, such as the quality and tourism benchmarking be moving forwards post lockdown. I think, I think the STR agency is quite, um, it's interesting because I was thinking that that poses the, the traditional agency, uh, the traditional market, is there more risk in one or the other? In one way, they're, they're, they're both the same. So quite often people come into STR in the, from a digital background. It's a modern way of operating. It's a modern way of letting guests stay in properties. Um, and they don't necessarily come from a hospitality background. But that said, even some of the older school hospitality operators won't have seen cleaning protocols like these before. So, so uh, I, I think it, it, yeah, I mean, it just, it just shows a commitment. And I think it's going to get more and more important because as consumers realise what risk they could potentially be at, they'll be looking for stamps of approval. Unfortunately, going back to what I just said about some digital schemes, I think they will get misled at first. But I mean, the press is going to be on this. The press is going to be all over this in terms of what's credible, what isn't. Um, and yeah, and people are going to listen now because they yeah. thought we were being checked before, but we weren't. So, yeah, um, well, I think that, that's just going to make a difference. Yeah, no, that's going to bring that to the forefront, isn't it? That essentially it is a fairly unregulated industry. It's, it's down to the individuals to do the right thing as business owners, which we're very lucky that most of the industry is very, very good. Most of the industry is in it because they want to provide hospitality. And, uh, and that yeah. does show through. But yes, this is really important. But, and as you mentioned from the guest perspective, let's have a look at that now. From their perspective... How do we communicate that our property has been credited with the new safe, clean and legal, including these new COVID-19 protocols? How do we share that on the listing sites? Do the, the OTAs I mean, allow a logo or a badge? What, what's the best way to communicate it? The, the, uh, it's a very difficult one. You, you can put our accreditation on, on the picture side of uh, the OTAs. Many of them are not keen on having any other qualifiers other than their own and i think they're going to have to rethink i think where so. they operate but they've also got a worldwide issue so so whilst we're doing this in the uk and europe we haven't rolled it out in the rest of the world yet so they do they can't accommodate every single type of accreditation there are um, in different countries so i do recognize they have an issue with that but they have been very firm about pushing everything back to the digital route in the past i think they really will have to reconsider their position the other thing that says as though 
then actually your own marketing is going to be much more important because people will be looking for guarantees. Um, so they'll be looking about you having it splashed all over your pages, wherever you host them, uh, in your, all of your information, in your emails. Um, one of the things we're going to do and we should have up and running by the end of May is a, a check my room type website for consumers to go and check to see who's been accredited as well. Um, and there's absolutely no financial gain. There's no way of fucking nothing like that on it. It is literally about look for a property with these marks on. And we hope to gain some momentum in that way. That's a great idea. That's really, really good. Interesting. So that, that again, puts another level of, of trust in for guests who are wanting to book. So it is really a case of just being open, sharing this is what you're doing, using your logos wherever possible, where allowed. And, and as you say, I do think the listing sites are going to have to rethink allowing people to um, make it clear that they are accredited in some way, shape or form. I think that's going to be very, very important moving forward. So on that yeah. note, do you think across the board that there's going to be more of a push for regulation and accreditation across the industry, not just in cleaning? I think this will go a long way to supporting those that want a regist registration system for the industry. Um, I think in due course, when we're able to concentrate on something else, th this will become an answer that, that, that people will say. Because if, if people don't choose to be accredited or, or, or to get somebody else to look at it from a third party perspective, then the consumers have no, no protection. So I, I do think it will push it in that direction. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think I think moving forward, things are, are going to change so much. And and as over the next few few months, it's going to become apparent that uh, change is happening all the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if someone would like to find out a little bit more, they'd like to maybe have a look at the things that we've been talking about today. Find out, get get in touch with you as part of Quality and Tourism. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I, it's to go on our website so have a look at www.qualityandtourism.com we are rebuilding it to include the COVID-19 but it does say register your interest and, and you can also give me a shout um, we are going live with it the protocols for the end of this week uh, the uh, environmental health officers are at this moment doing a peer-to-peer -peer check so so they're checking that they think it's all there um, yeah so no give us a shout We're glad to help Brilliant. All right. This has been hugely useful, Deborah. Thank you so, so much right. for coming and taking the time no to problem. chat to us. And it's really, I'm sure it's opened, it's opened up my eyes to the, to the different angles that we are really going to have to be thinking from. And I'm sure that everybody watching today has learned an awful lot. And uh, I would look forward to, to hopefully catching up with you at, at an event in the not too distant future when, when our doors are open again. <laughs> well, thank you once more for taking the time and I will see you soon. Have a great day. Bye for now.